Good morning. Everyone okay? How's everyone doing? Everyone enjoying the nice, wet, autumn, cold weather? It only goes down from here. <laughs> Wasn't that great um, with Andy there out on the streets in Hales Owen asking people what they'd like to do? You see, that's often because people want something more, don't they? We're missing something. We're prepared to risk something in order for that to get to happen. <laughs> There's something in our lives that isn't quite right. And I don't know about you, and this is what I want you to think about for a minute. What's the greatest risk you've ever taken? What's the greatest risk you've ever taken? And how did that make you feel? How did it make you feel? <laughs> because you may have feelings of loss. You see, you've risked something and it didn't quite work out. You may have feelings of adulation. You took a risk, it paid off, and you haven't stopped praising yourself since. You may have feelings of fear because the risk that you face is just too big and you don't want to go there. You may have feelings of whatever. I just get on and do it regardless of the risk. I want to say to you that you're the hard ones, possibly the stupid ones too. <laughs> you may feel nothing because you don't take risks. You play it safe. You're always in control. Well, I want to suggest to you that that's a risk also. You see, to never take a risk is the greatest risk of all. And I'll come back to that later in my talk. And this morning we're continuing in the What If series. And if you haven't got it by now, I'm talking about what if we took more risks. It's here also that I want to suggest to you that everyone here has taken a risk at some point in their life. See how many of you have been abroad on holiday for business, to visit family for whatever reason. I'm leaving um, for Albania on Saturday with Leon. And probably shouldn't say this, but every time you step on a plane, <laughs> on a car, in a car, on a bus, on a ship, on a bike, you're taking a risk. If you're in a relationship of any kind, you're taking a risk. If you shower or if you take a bath, you're taking a risk. If you eat food someone else has prepared for you, especially in my house, you're taking a risk. And on that, who's been invited to Sunday lunch today? Be careful. <laughs> if you're out walking your pet dog, your cat, your monkey, your lizard, your rat, your giraffe, all genuine animals people take for a walk, I googled it, then you're taking a risk. When you switch on a household appliance, you're taking a risk. I'm going to let you into my world a little bit here. You see, it was a Monday morning two weeks ago. Many of you may hate Monday mornings, but I love them. I get to spend the morning with Cara Grace, my youngest daughter. She's coming up to three years old, and we have a chilled out start to the week. It's a pajama morning for both of us. I'll leave that image with you. We have breakfast together, and then we often watch Cara's favorite DVD, which is Despicable Me. <laughs> Then it's, there, it's then that I do, uh, I do some, I mean, all of the household chores. <laughs> then I get a shower and I get ready to come here. So we've had 
breakfast. The house is tidy and the DVD is on the last chore. The only chore really I have to do is to switch on the dishwasher before I go for a shower. I do that and then I head back into the living room for a couple of minutes. It's then as we're watching the DVD, we hear an almighty bang in the kitchen. I rush in and there's smoke coming from the top of the dishwasher. I turn the switch off, off, off at the wall and take the plug out. And then I cautiously pull down the, the dishwasher door lid. I couldn't really see anything at that point. And I just thought the heating element, whatever that is, may have blown. <laughs> and I was more gutted at the fact that I'd have to wash everything up by hand. So it was switched off at the wall, the plug was out, and I thought everything was okay. So back to the DVD. A couple of minutes may have passed, and I was going to head for my shower. But something, something made me call in the, chi- in the kitchen just to check on things, to make sure it was okay. And when I did, when I walked in there, I was confronted with huge flames coming from behind the dishwasher. I just panicked, uh, not really knowing what to do first. What I did do first was run back into the living room. I picked Kara up, opened the patio door windows, and placed her right at the bottom of the garden. (laughs) I then ran back into the house, and I got my phone. And yes, maybe I should have rang the fire brigade, but instead I rang my wife, Dee. (laughs) And it was possibly the shortest conversation ever. T, get home now, the dishwasher's on fire. <laughs> I was still thinking of Kara, you see, and I just wanted D home. I then tackled the fire. <laughs> I pulled the dishwasher out, and the cable and the whole back of it was in flames. And again, not really thinking straight, and in panic, I filled the kitchen bowl Um, the thing with water. You know what's coming, don't you? It was empty, you see, because the dishwasher's full. (laughs) I filled it with water, and then I threw it over the dishwasher. Thankfully, the flames went out. But then smoke just consumed the kitchen, and there's water everywhere. QD at that moment. She comes rushing in, um, um, hat, car still running, front door wide open. Car is at the bottom of the garden, and I'm standing in the kitchen, surrounded by mess. <laughs> no fire, which I'm slightly pleased with myself about. Then there's a, there's a huge sense of relief. Tragedy avoided. A bit of a mess, but I'm alive to tell the tale. And as things calm down, as peace is restored, it's then that I look up, and not far from where the dishwasher was, I see this. (laughs) That's right, it's a fire extinguisher. (laughs) And guys, the the moral of this story is, ladies, don't ask us men to do any household chores. It's too risky. (laughs) And all the guys said... So, what if we took more risks? I've had a bit of fun there, and I can laugh about it now. But you see, we have to be serious when it comes to taking risks. You see, risk is often associated with loss and danger. And with that comes fear and uncertainty. 
which then can prevent us from moving forward. See, fear paralyzes us from moving forward, but faith enables us and activates us to step into our destiny. See, the risk with God is always worth taking. And what I want to say here also is what we need to know and and understand is that it's God who took the greatest risk of all in sending his son Jesus to die on a cross for us, knowing that many would reject it. But even so, he did it so that whoever believes in him will never have to face the risk again of death and risk an eternity spent away from him. That's a different slander on John 3:16, And it's here that I want to have a look at the life of Jesus because how he lived on earth involved taking risk after risk too. He took risks in order that we, that you and me and the rest of this world 2,000 years later and beyond would benefit from. You see, he came not only to save the world, but to change the world, to bring the kingdom of God here and now. See, eternity doesn't start when you die. It starts the moment you receive Christ. And Jesus, by taking risks, changed the culture of his day. And because of that, it has radically changed and shaped the culture we live in today. So what what risks might you say? Well, He didn't come to conquer as a powerful king. He was born in a stable and he was a carpenter by trade. He came to serve and not to be served. He didn't come for the righteous, for the religious, for the church people. He came to seek and save the lost. He cared about the most vulnerable in society, the outcasts, the sinners, those far from God. And he loved them. He spent most of his time with them. He empowered them. He attracted them so much that they came to him as much as he went to them. Can we say that about our Christian life? See, he changed the thinking on how women should be treated. He changed the thinking on marriage, on relationships, on lust, on money, on heaven, on hell, and on God himself. The claims he made about himself were huge And all of this was a massive risk at the time. (laughs) Which is why he had numerous death threats against him and then was ultimately killed. Killed on a cross. But in taking those risks, Jesus showed us how we can live our lives. And he invites us to be risk takers with him. You see, he's called you and me to continue the work he started And you may think that's a huge responsibility. And yes, you're right, it is. But it's also a huge privilege because God believes in you to do it. And he has equipped you for it. (laughs) He's equipped you for it. So guys, the risk then is yours to get on and do it. To share your faith, to invite a friend, to live out your Christian walk, to love those that are different to ourselves to be thankful in all circumstances, to serve others as we wish to be served. As Christians, we're not called to a comfortable life. We're called to be risk takers, risk takers on a daily basis. 
And let me explain here what being a risk taker means as a Christian. You see, I've already mentioned in the world that risk can be associated with loss and danger. But as a Christian, risk is associated to growth and greatness. You're simply partnering with God to achieve what he wants to do in you and then through you. When we step out, when we take a risk as Christians, God always meets us halfway. And we see that time and time again in the Bible, don't we? When people did that, when they stepped out, when they took a risk, God showed up. And in the Bible, they're often the greatest and most memorable stories, aren't they? Stories of ordinary people, often with complicated lives, but then on stepping out, on taking a risk, they accomplish extraordinary feats. People like Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, and David. Then in the New Testament, most of the disciples, particularly Peter, then there's Stephen, Thomas, Andrew, and Paul. The list could go on and on, even to our present day here. See, as I look around the room, some of your names could be on that list. Some of you have taken huge risks and you've grown. You're growing as a result. You've also seen the greatness of God too. Uh, what I want to say here is that I want to see every name, every one of you on that list. You see, it's only when we step out, when we take a risk, that we truly know God is in control. And it's during that times, like I've said, we grow and then we really see his greatness. And you may not be a Christian here this morning. You're still checking this out. It may be your first time and the biggest risk you've taken is coming to church this morning. Man, that's huge. And I want to encourage you to keep taking that risk, to keep coming, to keep exploring. You know, we have a number of things that go on here not just on a Sunday, that can continue to help you with that. Speak to the person you came with or head on over to the welcome area at the end of the service. Someone will be more than willing to help you. So <laughs> let's get to the Bible. If you have a Bible with you this morning, we're going to have a look at a story where risk is involved. And as a result of that risk, uh, we see growth and we see God's greatness. The story is in the book of John, which is the last of the four of the Gospels. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then it's John. And these four books are the start of the New Testament. And a Gospel is a book that recounts the life and the teachings of Jesus. And the word Gospel simply means good news. It's a good message to us. And I love John's Gospel. It's the first book I read as a Christian. I think back to that moment. And when exploring Christianity, uh, most people suggest, I suggest, start reading John's gospel first. John is known as the disciple whom Jesus loves. And in this book, he offers stunning imagery and amazing first-hand details about the man who claimed to be the son of God. If you haven't read any of the Bible yet, if you're a new Christian and you're looking to make a start, I want to suggest to you John's gospel. Have a look. Take a read. 
So we're in the book of John, chapter 11, and we'll read from verse 1. The text should come up on the screen so you can follow it there too, if you wish. So it's chapter 11, verses 1 to 7 say this. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Some of you, uh, some of you may know this story well. It's the death of Lazarus and how Jesus raises him from the dead. If you didn't know the story, I've just given the ending away there. And I want, you to give, I want to give you also some further background information here too. You see, we pick this story up just after Jesus and his disciples fled from the temple where the religious leaders and the Jews tried to kill him. Jesus was at the temple and a huge gathering was around him. And they're asking him about his claims that if he is the Messiah, he should just tell them plainly. What Jesus says next infuriates all those that are listening and it results in them wanting to stone him to death. That's in the previous chapter, chapter 10. And you can have a look at it um, if you want in your own time. But it says that Jesus escapes with his disciples. They cross over the River Jordan and they stay there for a while. It's here um, that Jesus gets word that Lazarus is sick. Mary and Martha are his sisters and they're concerned and they get a message to Jesus. Mary and Martha and Lazarus are Jesus's close friends. You see, he's spent time with them. He's doing life with them. He cares for them. He loves them. The message was, Lord, the one you love is sick. There's a strong sense of relationship there. And when we get a message like that, we often drop everything, don't we? And do all we can to be at that loved one's side. But Jesus stays put. He stays where he was for two whole days. And then he decides to go and be with them. Obviously, um, Jesus knows what he's doing here. And he's always in control. But to everyone else, it appears to be a huge risk. To Mary and Martha, it's a risk. You see, they know by Jesus' leaving, it's a risk that Lazarus is going to die. That's why they get a message to him. If only Jesus could get back, they know Lazarus will be fine. It's a risk. The disciples also, they see a different risk. See, for them, it's a risk to go back. Remember, this is the place they've just fled from. They've just escaped from. Because they saw firsthand that the religious leaders and the Jews wanted to kill Jesus. And this is where they strongly object. Verse 8 reads this. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you and yet you are going back. 
See, they don't understand what Jesus is thinking. And they too, right here, are associating risk with loss and danger. But Jesus wants them to understand that a godly risk is for growth and greatness. See, we benefit as a result of stepping out, of taking a risk. We grow when we take God at his word. Our faith increases. Sure, it may be hard sometimes, but when we believe what God says to be true, his greatness is revealed to us. It's always for our growth and his greatness. And Jesus tells his disciples this plainly. He wants to call it out of them. Verses 14 to 16 say this. So then he told them plainly, that's Jesus, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. And now you've got to get this. You've got to see it. This is in verse 16. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Wow, Thomas. I love that. It's amazing. Thomas is mostly known for his doubting, but he's the first one that responds here. He's the one who gets it. He's the one that encourages the other disciples to follow Jesus, to take that risk, even if it means death. Wow. And Leon mentioned Thomas, didn't he, a few weeks ago, and how he actually maybe didn't want to not believe, maybe not, by, not doubt, sorry, but actually believe that Jesus was alive. Maybe he just risked telling the truth at that moment, just saying, I want to see it for myself. See, I'm starting to see Thomas here in a different light. And I also know when it comes to my own life that I wouldn't be here now. And some of you know that literally to be true. And I certainly wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I hadn't been prepared to take some risks. And by doing so, I know that God is faithful and that he can always be trusted. And because of that, my growth in him, it's been phenomenal. No one can say anything different to me. And I want to put a challenge out to you. If you want to get closer to God, then I want to encourage you to take more risks. And I'm not talking about stupid risks here either. I'm talking about taking God at his word, doing what he already says, doing already what he may be asking you to do. And if you're honest, you may already know what that is. If you don't, then why not ask him? <laughs> that might be a risk for some of you right there. You see, there's so much that God may have for your life, but he's waiting for you to respond. He'll never force it on you. See, and that's why, come back to what I said earlier, to never take a risk is the greatest risk of all. You see, you'll never grow into all that God has for you if you don't take risks. You'll never see the greatness of God, all that he can do and all that he wants to do if you don't take risks. You see, most Christians walk by faith and not by faith. <laughs> and we're called to do the latter, aren't we? You know, in their story, Jesus and the disciples, they do go back. But by that time, 
Lazarus is dead. And there's sadness and there's mourning. Jesus himself weeps, the Bible tells us, as he empathizes with everyone that is there. But then he goes on to challenge them, to call something greater out of them. See, verses 40 to 44, the end of this particular story, say this. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe you sent me. When Jesus had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Wow. Here we witness growth and greatness. You see, the risk Jesus took was so that people would believe and see the glory of God. Everybody's faith would have grown in that moment. And at that moment, too, they saw and witnessed the greatness of God. And this is what God wants for our lives. He wants us to know his voice. He wants for us to know of his love and of his grace. For us to know of his provision. For us to know of his healing. For us to know that he is always with us. And for us to know that whatever we risk we take for him, he is faithful. And it's always for our growth and for his greatness. So, what if we took more risks? Would it make a difference to us and to those around us? You better believe it would. <laughs> and I think the only answer, the only response to this is to say, I am God, I am prepared to take more risks for you. Just like Thomas, that response has to start with you. It starts with us. See, God's waiting for your response. God's waiting for our response. And this morning, I want to give you that opportunity to respond. (laughs) Let's all stand. And why don't you close your eyes for a minute? Stand and just close your eyes for a minute. You see, this response is going to look different for every person that's here. Some of you may already know what it is that God is asking you to do. You know the risk that he's asking you to take. You've just silenced him out. You haven't been prepared to say, I am. (laughs) But this morning, you can respond to that. You can take that opportunity to say, God, I am prepared to take it. You see, saying I am, it makes it personal. Saying I am makes it between you and God. It may be that you say this morning, I am prepared to dream again. You've let things slip but you really want God's plans to prevail over your life, but you're not, just, you're not seeing them yet. Maybe that's because you're 
not taken that risk. But this morning you can say, I am. If you really want to step into and grab with both hands the destiny that God has got for you, it may be that you say, I am prepared to take that risk. I am prepared to follow you whatever the cost. It may be that God wants to speak, God wants you to speak to someone, to share your faith with someone, to pray for someone, to invite someone. It may be that God wants you to keep doing what you're doing. You've already taken a risk by just coming this morning. You can respond too. (laughs) You can say, I am prepared to keep coming. I'm prepared to keep taking that risk. And it's here that I want to just push something for a minute. We have a new discipleship course starting here in the community zone on November the 11th. It's called Starting Out. It does what it says on the tin. It's for new Christians starting out on their journey. And if you've just recently become a Christian, or maybe in the last 12 to 18 months, I want to encourage you to say, I am. I'm prepared to give that a try. It will really help you in your relationship with Jesus. It will help you grasp what being a disciple really means. Maybe that you say, I'm prepared to do that. If it's you, then there's a a sign-up sheet in the welcome area. Go put your name down. It may be for some of you this morning, you just need to trust God more. And that may be hard at the moment, but he's asking you to take that risk. Are you prepared to say, I am? Are you prepared to pick it up and run with it? Say, God, I am prepared to do what you're telling me. You see, it starts with a response on our part. And that response is to say, I am. Here, as God continues to speak to you, whatever risk he's asking you to take, whatever he's putting on your heart, I've got um, a response here. There's some key rings I've had prepared. Please don't judge me on them. (laughs) It's more of a response, really. What um, it has on the one side is the What If series. It's Jesus there. But on the second side, simply says I am says I am and this morning I want you to respond sometimes we we, we come out uh, and the response is to lay something down to let something go but this morning I want to offer you a key ring the response is to come out and pick something up to take that risk for God to actually say that I am prepared to do this Whatever it is, God, you're asking me to do, I am prepared to do it. Keevings are going to come at the front. There's going to be four, one for each station. And it may be as you just wait on God. He's asking you right now. He's speaking to you right now. And this is your opportunity to respond. And you respond by saying, God, I am And then actually for the Christians, there's a significant meaning to this too. Because when you take a risk, you don't do it in your own strength either. 
See, Jesus is the great I am. (laughs) And he's always with you in the risk you take. So guys, this is your opportunity to respond. We're not going to sing yet. The worship team are just going to keep playing. I want you to listen to God. And as he speaks to you, as he puts something on your heart, please go with it. (laughs) Respond with I am. Let this be a, a mark, a significant moment this day where you say to God, God, I am. I'm prepared to do this with you.